0: If you would open your Bibles, the uh, scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, to chapter 6, verse 4. You have heard it said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men, to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly."
1: I missed you. Let me just say a couple of things before I begin to preach this morning. Um, Number one, (laughs) I missed you. (laughs) It's been, I spent 18 days in Vail, Colorado on a prayer retreat. Uh, Some of you know, uh, total solitude with the Lord it was a good experience, but I am not a total solitude kind of guy, and uh, I miss my family like crazy. I'm a family person. I like to be at home, but, uh, but I also just need to be with you. <laughs> I'm so glad to be back. I want to tell you a couple of things <clears throat> about that experience. Number one. Um, I told the elders before I went out that I felt like I had God on call, waiting. I felt like He was kept trying to tell me something. I kept trying to say, "Wait a minute, I got to go do this." Wait a minute, I got to go do that. And, and sure enough, that was the case. And I want to tell you that I will be exhorting you um, to have significant alone time with God in the next years, the years to come. I'm going to keep on your back until you are quiet before the Lord and can hear what He wants to say to you. It is so difficult to get away. Even in this atmosphere, when you think it's quiet, it's not quiet. (laughs) When you think you're not distracted, it's not. It's not having a quiet time. And I really want, an elder a few weeks ago uh, heard me say that in a message, and he took two weeks off work. He said, you know, this is ridiculous. I've had, I have enough sick leave accumulated that I could take six months off work and and still get paid for it, you know? I've never done that. And he said, it absolutely. He spent two weeks having quiet times with the Lord. He said, absolutely changed his life. So I want you to do that so that you can hear the Lord. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Secondly, the reason I went out was to uh, find out what God wanted from us for the next 10 years. And I got more than I bargained for. Um, I want to be able to tell you about that, but first I I need to be able to tell the church leadership. And so at 5 o'clock today, I'm going to be meeting with the church leadership. And I'm going to be saying to them, this is what I heard. And it will be up to them to decide whether or not that is really the direction for Northland. If it's not the direction for Northland, I'll scrap it all and go back to my knees. Because they are the leadership. But I want you to pray for them today at 5 o'clock. Because this is not an automatic. If I would come back and say, well, this is a nice little goal to have for the next couple of years, that would be an automatic. What I brought back is not an automatic. So please pray that God would give them the discernment to decide whether or not this is what Northland uh, will be doing in the next 10 years. Okay? Very important. All right. <clears throat> Let's talk about God being our love. You know, I got in late. Where's my 60-day adventure journal? It's in here someplace. I thought it was. Maybe I'll put it over there. I got in, I'm six days late on the 60-day adventure for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the, the church is go, or 50-day adventure. I'm sorry, I'm trying to stretch it out. <laughs> I missed six days, so I want to stretch it out. We are going through a 50-day adventure of the church. And it's a process, a spiritual process of discipline in your life, so that Christ can be more real as you become a part of this church family. And uh, for those of you who want journals, these are really useful little things. I, where is my journal? Um, and, oh, here it is. Um, it was in another book. Anyhow, we have journals back there on the table. Um, and the things are really neat. They, they, they help you. There, there are five disciplines. And, um, and some of them are very practical, uh, reversing a self-destructive pattern. Some of them are um, um, very, you know memorizing scripture and so on and so forth. Great stuff. So anyway, this week we're talking about God being love. We're gonna go through an attribute of God per week for six weeks, all right? I think it's six weeks. I don't know how how long it is. Anyhow, I'm I'm getting in late. And as I sat down and I looked over what I had missed and I looked over what the material for this week, it's exactly what I needed for my own life. By the way, I was away for uh, I think it was 18 days or 60. I can't remember how many days I was away. But he spent about two days on you, you guys and the rest, of, the rest of the time correcting my life. <laughs> so so um, it's exactly what I needed and uh, exactly the message that I needed. Let me tell you a problem that we have with love <clears throat> that you already know. We have no problem sending love. We have a lot of problem when our love is rejected. And we get scarred. And so we don't want to send love anymore. When Willie Mays, and some of you will remember Willie Mays, was in his rookie year of the majors, he faced Warren Spahn. Some of you will remember Warren Spahn. And here this kid is up at the plate, and Warren Spahn is an all-star. He's almost a legend in his own time by now. And he's standing 60 feet, 6 inches away on the pitcher's mound. And he winds up, and he throws it, and it is a beautiful, he had a wonderful fastball. I mean, that was his pitch, a fastball. Beautiful fastball. And Mays cranked back and knocked that 400 feet over the fence for his first major league home run. Afterwards, they went up to Warren Spahn, and they asked him about that pitch. And his reply was a shrug, and he said, well, it looked great for the first 60 feet. Well, you know, when we send love, it looks great many times right up until it gets there. And then somebody rejects it or somebody does away with it. And so what do we decide? Like Pavlov's dogs, remember Psych 101, where they trained the dogs to salivate at the sound of a bell, uh, instituting a whole behavioral psychology called... Behaviorism and conditioned responses, and so on. And so, on. anyhow, like Pavlov's, we turn off. We say, Well, that's it, I'm not going to love anymore. And what we do when we do that is we turn off to absolutely the critical issue of life because we've been rejected. Now, that's not a good thing to do. It's not a good thing to do to reject the most important. Because we have had an automatic response in our lives without questioning that automatic response. When I was uh, in Colorado, about the halfway through, I just started getting cabin fever. I mean, it was very, very quiet. So I just thought, I was about three miles away from Vail. I was in West Vail. And I thought, I'll walk into town and see a movie. Well, I walked into the movie thing, and and there was sex and violence. So I chose violence, I don't know, you know. And there was this movie, it was just bloody, yuck. You know, um, but I was lonely, and I went and had my popcorn, and I was watching it, you know, heads falling apart and all that kind of stuff. So anyhow, have to walk back to West Vail along the side of the road very late at night, pitch black. And, and so I'm walking back, and every car that's come along, I said, Lord, don't let that car hit me. Lord, don't let that car hit me, because I would see in my mind what would happen. I had just seen on the screen what would happen graphically if the car hit me. And I thought, I don't want to do that. So anyway, don't let that car hit me. So I'm back probably not three minutes from the condominium that I'm staying in, and the road is curving down a mountain like this, and I'm walking up this mountain, you know, and, this, and the things. that. And I see this, these headlights coming, you know and it's coming around a curve and I'm on this side of the road and here it comes around the curve and I'm getting ready to pray Lord don't let that car hit me and it comes and it's not 30 feet away and it's lights are directly on me and I'm just starting my prayer when I notice that 15 feet away from me and 15 feet right directly in front of that car is something crossing the road, a skunk. And my prayer changed automatically. And I said, Lord, don't let that car hit that skunk. Because if that car had hit that skunk, that skunk would have flown right at me. I would have been covered with him. Now, I thought about that afterwards, and it didn't, you know, the skunk, and boy, it's frightening to see a skunk up that close. But I thought about it after, I said, how stupid is that? All of a sudden, I don't care whether or not I live, just how, how much I smell. How dumb is that? Well, when we decide we're not going to love anymore, when we decide our love is not a pretty love or a pleasurable love or when it doesn't give us what we thought we were going to give it, we change our prayers. We change our whole manner. That's not bright. That's not right. We care more how much we get back in love than whether or not we can love. That's not the issue. Not with God. Let me show you something in scriptures. In Romans 12.21 it says, Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We should never, ever change our goals. Our methods, yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? When our love is being rejected, what it means is either the party is so injured that they cannot receive it, or we have lousy methods. And there's lots of times in life when we change our methods. Lots of times. But never a time in life when we change our goals. If you turn with uh, with me to Galatians, that Galatians passage. Very important. Galatians 6. Where is that? more on Galatians. There it is, Galatians 6. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall reap from his own flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall reap from the Spirit eternal life. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. It is so important not to ever change your goal of love. Now, how do you do that? You say, Oh, that's good in theory, but it's almost impossible. It depends on what type of love you're given out. See, if you have. The regular kind of love, the eros love, eros, from which we get the word erotic. The eros love is a self-gratifying love. That'll fail you every time. Even if you have a phileos love, philia, uh, a brotherly love, a friendship love. Uh, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. The phileos love that will fail you and disappoint you also. You know why? Because brotherly love is also something from which we expect a return. But I want us to now, and over the course of the next several years, learn how to love with agapeo, with agape love, with God's love. Because that is the kind of love that does not fail, because that is the kind of love that does not need a return before it does its work. Now examine yourself for a minute, if you will. Do you remember when you were in junior high school? Do you remember how much it meant for you to be appreciated by other people? Do you also remember that who you went with in junior high school determined your place in the status of the group you were in? In other words, who you went with is who you were. I remember wanting to be popular, so I liked a popular girl. I didn't even know her. Her name was Pam Albert. Never forget this. She was a cute little thing and wealthy, and just had all the status in the world, so I decided I liked her. Well, she decided she liked me. Man, I was crazy nuts about this girl. Never, oh, excuse me, didn't know her. See, I'm starting, starting to get clumsy already, I remember. I did that in junior high, too. I remember I didn't know bazoot about the girl, but I knew that if she liked me, I would have the status that I needed. In junior high school I was so crazy about this girl I used to did you ever do this I wrote her name on dirty cars did you ever do that probably not you know and nor- up in the north we had all kinds of dirt you know grime and you know ham on the car you know watch watch it drive all around town but I was nuts about her well she dumped me oh broke my heart But the more I thought about it, I wasn't brokenhearted because she dumped me. I was brokenhearted because I thought I was going to lose my status in the group. I thought I was going to lose the returns on my love and not my love itself. Well, Christians are like that. When they get rejected, all of a sudden they're thinking, does this mean That I lose who I am? Does this mean that I lose status? Does this put me in another category? Will people reject me now? What have I lost? Not the person, see, but the status itself. We need to come to a place where we're we're not really caring whether or not the love that we have gives us status or gives us returns. You know, the slickest interview process I ever heard in my life, listen to this. This is great, absolutely fantastic. There was a wonderful church in New York, I think it was, who was interviewing for a new pastor. And they heard about this terrific pastor in the South, in Texas. And so they decided that he would be their chief candidate. And they went down to his church, it was a big church, multi staff And they um, interviewed his fellow pastors, and his fellow pastors couldn't say enough about him. And then they interviewed the leaders of the community, and the leaders of the community could not say enough about this man. And then they interviewed um, the, the best citizens in the congregation, and they could not say enough about this man. And then they interviewed the man himself, and sure enough, he was brilliant, he was witty, and he seemed godly. And so at the end of that interview, they looked at him and said, Well, Pastor, we have one more interview to do, and that will be the determinative interview. And the pastor said, Well, they've interviewed my family, and I came off all right there. They interviewed, and he went down the list of everybody they would interviewed. He couldn't figure out who it was. And he finally got enough gall to ask him, who are you going to interview? And they said, we're going to interview the church custodian and see how you've treated him in the years you've been pastor here. If he thinks you've treated him with great respect and just as importantly as you've treated the mayor, then we want you to be our pastor. See, that's love. That's love. When you can love, seeing no return, that's love. Go to the Word with me for just a second, would you please? Turn to Matthew chapter 6, or chapter 5. Well, first of all, let's, let's go first of all to John, all right? John chapter 15. And this was the scripture reading for today in the 50-day in the adventure for Saturday and Sunday. Starting with verse 11. These things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus talking. That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment that you love. The Greek is agapeo. Now, agapeo is not a love, it's a, it's a love of the will. It's the, a good translation of agape is to wish someone unconquerable goodwill. That is, no matter what their response, if they have any response at all, it's okay. But no matter what the response, you wish them well. And you will do anything in your power. To make it so. I'll, I'll turn to First John in just a second if you want to turn to that um, and, and show you what I mean. That you love one another just as I have loved you. That's why God came down. Not that we deserved it. But he died for us while we were yet sinners. So therefore he was not even looking for a return. No matter what he risked and he first loved us. Greater love, agapeo has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You know what it is to lay down your life? It's to not care how they respond. It's to not expect a return. It's the purest form of love. You lay down your life when you do what you do because that's what God would do. Because that's what God has already done. Read further with me. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all the things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and whatever you ask in, the, in my name he may give you you know how your fruit remains in this world you know how the good things that you have done remain in this world you do them in such a way that the result does not depend on you nor the long lastiness of it depends on you because if we do things in such a way that, they, that the follow up depends on us they're going to fail Only when you let God do them and you let God do the follow-up are they going to last. Now turn with me to 1 John. Let me show you something in 1 John. And then I want to come back to Matthew. Okay, 1 John, where are you? I got tabs on my tabs in this Bible, and I never know which, I got red tabs and clear tabs, and I never know which which tab to grab. 1 John chapter 3. And this is why it has in this 50-day adventure. To be able to do secret acts of love. Because agapeo does not just mean loving from your heart. See, you can, you, can, you can love in a worldly sense from your heart and never do anything for somebody. How many of you had a very immature love when you were growing up you had a crush on somebody, but you never let them know it? You never let them know Why? Because you didn't want to get rejected. So you just went around crazy nuts in love with this person. They never knew it. I mean, except for the fact that you drooled every time they walked by or you ran into lockers or whatever. You know, they never knew it. That's a worldly, immature kind of love. But a godly kind of love does not exist without action. It cannot exist without action. 1 John 3, verse 16. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, that's action. That's doing something. But there's something very special about agapeo, about the kind of action that you take when it is God's love. And that is that the more hidden it is, the better it is, because the attention does not come back on you, it comes back on God. Now turn with me to Matthew 5. getting used for a blessing of reflection. Now look at Matthew 5, verse 16. I don't know how many times you've read this verse, but every time I read this verse when I was growing up, I saw it as as casting attention on me so that I, in turn, could give glory to God. That's not at all what this verse says. Read what the verse says. Let your light shine before men in such a way, in this way, that they may see what? Your good works. Not you. It doesn't say anything about men seeing you at all in this. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, what does that look like? That looks like the less attention that you get when you act out your love, the more attention God will get when you act out your love. Secret acts of Christian love are critical for believers who know that God. Arranges their lives, but just to be need to be reminded of it. Did you ever notice? This is off the subject, but it's not really. Did you? I read a thing when I was away. I went. There was a library in Vale, and sometimes I'd go to the library, and I was was just reading various books. And there was this book by this guy I'd never heard of before. He was a philosopher. He was a theist, and he talked about prayer. And and The title of the chapter is why I do not think that prayer is a waste of time. I thought, well, that's certainly wonderful of him. And I started reading, but he had something in there I'd never thought about in my life. He said, you know, God always answers prayers in ways that can be explained other than God answering prayers. He always answers prayers half in secret so that only the eyes of faith can really see. And then he went into this theory I love this <laughs> I love this kind of thing of quantum mechanics you know quantum mechanics is a theory it's, it's opposite relativity relativity is is everything is in order and, and it's a beautiful picture quantum mechanics figures out things that that everything happens in the world in 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 microcosm by by pure chance and he started he started talking about God answering prayer through quantum mechanics he said it's it's like it's like God, it's like, it's like you tossing a coin in the air 15 times and, and, and 15 times it comes out heads. He said, now, what are the chances of that? But yet you haven't broken the laws of logic. You haven't broken the laws of natural um, uh, ability. You have not given to someone who does not know how to believe the basis for belief. But to the eyes of faith, you know what's happened. I just thought that was absolutely fascinating. Now, what if we did our good for other people in that way? What if we did our good for other people in such a way that they looked around and they probably could explain that if they thought about it long enough. But to the person of faith, they don't think about it very long before they count it as coming from God. One of the other things I did while I was away is I read it. I, I try to do this a few times a year I, I read the bestseller because I want to know what people are reading. And I read uh, Clancy's uh, Clear and Present Danger. It's a spy thing uh, or not. a? It's a Colombian drug thing or whatever. Anyhow, it is a great piece of writing. You know why? Because like all great novels, he weaves probably a dozen different stories together. He starts them out all separately and they all come together to mix in the stories. All of the people that look like they don't connect connect. And I thought, my goodness that's exactly how God puts this world together. With the eyes of faith you can see how he's all making it come together. I mean it's like a spy novel. you don't think there's any con- there is a connection there is a connection. Now watch. If we can love each other with God's love, and if we can do it in secret, and if we can do it for believers, I mean, Scripture says do good to all, but especially those that are the household of God. The things that don't look like they're connected at all, the believers will connect to God. The believers will say, this is just part of God's encouragement for me. And it won't, they won't say, well, it's because Dave was a nice guy. Or, it won't, they, you know, they're not going to say, well, it's because, you know, Bob just wanted to encourage me. He just felt sorry for me. See? They're going to say, God wanted this encouragement for me. Let me challenge you to something very practical this week. And that is to love in a way that does not require a return. And to love in a way that people will not know where that came from. But they may see your good works and give glory to God who is in heaven. Let me challenge you right now as we pray about this. To picture, and as Rick comes forward and and ends us up with a song, to picture a target. (laughs) a person or a deed to do so that people will know that God does care about their lives. Would you pray with me? God, it is not natural for us to love and not want some credit, to love and not want a reciprocal love and appreciation. But you did it you risked, you came down in Jesus Christ, and you went the full way, many times in disclosure, many times saying through him, go and tell no one what you have seen. You were in secret. Let us also be in secret this week as we love someone in a very practical way, and let us not be discovered, but let them give glory to you and feel your encouragement. And let us, by doing that, be after the character of Christ who humbled himself and came as a servant, not as a star. We pray this in his nature, in his name. Amen.